1: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets are ready to turn the page after a disastrous loss the other day at home to the Philadelphia 76ers. Charlotte, with a record of 7-17, and is headed off on a two-game road trip starting tonight north of the border against the 10 and 15 toronto raptors we'll have a game preview for that one give you the latest on the injury front and we have a little topic we wanted to talk about with regard to Lamelo ball where he sits in terms of the all-star vote it is way too early that was the subject of a recent article from espn so we'll dig into that and where exactly Lamelo sits with quite a bit of time between now and when all-star nominations are actually going to come out helping me on all of these topics he's my producer on the the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo, here with us once again. Rob, always good to see you. Uh, Let's start off, let's get some more of the bad news out of the way first, as if we didn't have enough from the other night at Spectrum Center, right?
2: Yeah, that was a tough one, obviously, the other night at the Hive, but uh, yeah, let's get all the bad juju out of the way so we can look at our game preview and look at the more positive things and look at this uh, going the right way tonight.
1: We will do our best. The uh, bad news is that the injury report, as of the recording of this podcast, is more populated than the previous one, I guess the good news is that if you consider questionable status to mean a likeliness to play. If you're leaning in that direction, which quite frankly it it hasn't been and it just generally isn't for most teams. But we're gonna consider, you know, questionable to me, you know, at least a 50-50 proposition here as of the recording of this podcast. It seems like the Hornets should have more bodies available than they did last game against Philadelphia. If you're just counting it by straight who's on the report and who wasn't the last time, then there's more guys listed on the report than there were even in the game against Philadelphia so here's the status players that have been ruled out as of the recording of this podcast LaMelo Ball remains out with the right ankle sprain Cody Martin and Frank Ntilikina both out with their longer term injuries on the doubtful side you've got Mark Williams listed under that category with the low back contusion questionable PJ Washington with the left shoulder bicep tendinitis and Gordon Hayward who is still dealing with a stomach virus. Last but not least you have under the probable category Terry Rozier who has been diagnosed according to the report with a left thumb sprain. So you know how I always look at things half glass full rather than half glass empty if you're looking at it and saying questionable means there's a a decent chance that the player would play in the game charlotte could have the services of pj washington and gordon hayward who clearly would make a big difference in this one against toronto if you're looking at a glass half empty there's another name on this list that wasn't there 48 hours ago
2: yeah, and I mean, this is something that we obviously had to see on Saturday when the team was taken on the Sixers, and it's unfortunate that the injury report just continues to grow and grow. But, you know, first off, hopefully you didn't sit next to Gordon on the plane ride up to Toronto and catch whatever the stomach bug is that he has. But, again, these are injuries that are just... Coming at a bad time, unfortunately, all things considered. And again, they're not really long term. Mark Williams has had that lingering back issue. So now he's on game, what, five or six that he could possibly miss. So, I mean, that's a little bit of a lingering issue. And again, this is a long season. I know we're only a quarter of the way through things, a little bit over that. But, I mean, people get banged up. That's just kind of how the nature of this game is. You look at the NFL, if anybody has a completely healthy roster 10, 12 weeks into the season, it's a miracle. So people are going to get hurt. It's bound to happen. It just just Unfortunately, it has come in waves for the Hornets here over the last couple of weeks or so, and again, if you want to look at it as a glass half full, even some of those longer-term injuries should be coming back soon. We know that Cody Martin has been working his way back here. Frank Ntilikina has been conditioning with the Greensboro Swarm, so that's a step in the right direction as well. LaMelo Ball continues to progress also, so again, if we're looking at this in a vacuum for maybe only one game tonight against Toronto, it's not great, but if you look at it as kind of the 30,000-foot view, things are getting better, and it might not look like it right now because names are getting added but at the end of the day these aren't season engine injuries these aren't injuries that are going to keep people out long term they're just bumps and bruises at this point that might miss a game or two here maybe a week or so at the at the latest but again this is something that right now doesn't look great but in the future I promise in the near future it's going to look better
1: we certainly are hopeful for that and I'm a big believer that that will be the case here for the Charlotte Hornets Uh, one last thing to throw in there there is another side to the injury report and that is who was listed for the Toronto Raptors it's effectively no one not quite no one Christian Coloco their backup center he has been out uh, with a respiratory illness that's been a long-term thing for him unfortunately hopefully he will get well soon but he was listed as out otherwise it's just their two-way players that are on the report and of course you can only suit up so many guys during an NBA game so the thought process is if you have just about everyone healthy you don't need to suit up your two-way guys. Clearly, that hasn't been an option for the Hornets yet. But for this particular Toronto team that isn't the biggest in the NBA, they do have a a very accomplished center in Jakob Pertl, uh, who has had decent numbers this year, did not really have a huge game against the Hornets in the first head-to-head meeting between these two sides. Charlotte's center position did a reasonably good job, particularly Nick Richards off the bench, so he might be a player that we key in on for tonight's matchup later on during our game preview. But long and short of it, The Raptors have a very, very small injury report, and the Hornets have, at this moment, an enormous one. We will get into our game preview a little bit later down the line. A recent article came out, the way-too-early NBA All-Star rosters. It is way too early to write anyone in or write anyone off, but one person who was not included on the list, and it's not a huge surprise given the injuries, was LaMelo Ball. We'll talk about his candidacy, where it sits, compared to the players who were included based off this ESPN publication list their thoughts on all-stars that'll come up next here on the hornets hivecast
0: at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field
1: Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. All right, Rob Longo, it's uh, still a ways away from the All-Star break. I think by my count we're, what, two months away? Uh, So several weeks until we're even going to get close to having All-Stars being named. But there are players who are starting to pull away in terms of the general NBA conversation. And ESPN recently posted its way-too-early NBA All-Star rosters looking at the East and the West. LaMelo Ball was not included on the list. The guards that were their starters, according to ESPN's publication, Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey were the two guards. And then in terms of reserves out of the backcourt, Damian Lillard from the Milwaukee Bucks, Donovan Mitchell from the Cleveland Cavaliers. uh, Those were the two on that list. And then there were two wild cards included. Both of them were guards, Trey Young of the Hawks and Jalen Brunson of the New York Knicks. Other players were listed as contenders, but suffice it to say, no Hornets, no LaMelo ball on this list. Your thought process as we go down the line of all of those guys who are currently listed as all-star nods. If the... Nominations took place today, according to ESPN.
2: It's an interesting list, and I think that there's a lot of popular names on there, obviously, and that's the problem with the All Star voting. And I think we saw that a couple seasons ago when LaMelo Ball was named as an All Star after there were injuries, but it's just the backcourts, especially in the Eastern Conference, are so loaded. I mean, there are so many candidates that you could put on that All Star roster, and somebody is going to feel like they are snubbed. But when you look at that list, I mean, there's a couple of guys on there that I'm like, Yeah, I mean, I could see them being on there, but at the same time, I can't. And I don't know, obviously, with the way that the Lamelo injury has worked out and the number of games he's missed, if it's feasible if he returns maybe this week, let's just say, let's just put a number on. Say he returns this week. Is that enough time for him to... I guess, have a case for a candidacy, unfortunately, and he's at that point now in his career where he's very popular among fans. Maybe he is one of those rising guys in the fan vote. I'm not going to say he's going to start because of the fan vote, but I mean, there's other guys out there that are having great seasons. Tyrese Halliburton is one of them that I think is just having a phenomenal year so far, and unfortunately, what we've discovered over the last several seasons now is that the All-Star Accolade, even though it's individual, it's almost more so a team reward because if the team is playing well, you're more than likely to get an all star or two. And unfortunately, the Hornets just don't have that record right now. And it kind of makes a hard case because if you've seen in the past and just how the voting works and how those guys are nominated and put on a team, a lot of times if you're the top team in the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference, you're getting multiple all stars. And again, because there's only a handful of guys that are going to be on that roster to begin with it's difficult to find some room at the end there just because of the way that the voting has worked in the past. So I understand the list and it makes sense to me, but at the same time, it's just, it's unfortunate that because of the way that the season has gone for the Hornets so far, it might hamper guys like LaMelo Ball, who are having pretty much all-star numbers when they're healthy. And almost the same could go for Terry Rozier, especially over the stretch of games that he had over the last six, seven or so. I know he didn't have that great of a game the other night against Philadelphia. Then again, nobody did. But previously to that, I mean, seven straight games of 20-plus, plus—that's those are all-star Accolades. Those are numbers that all stars put up. So I know that it's unfortunate, but it's just kind of the way it is right now in Charlotte. And it wouldn't surprise me if somebody's on the outside looking in that might be worthy of an all star vote here in a couple months.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you all the way around. I do think that, you know, first and foremost, it is an individual accomplishment, but team success does factor in. And, you know, part of the calculus for that, uh, you know, the the date that this was published versus the date we're looking at it right now and looking at the standings are two different points in time. But there's only one player with a team with a record that is on the outside looking in at the play-in and the playoffs who was on the list as a all-star not at this point. And it's Steph Curry who's having an incredible season and is one of the all-time greats of the game. So I understand it and I would certainly be voting for Steph Curry if I was given a vote in this. So other than him, there isn't a player on any of the 10 teams currently on an outside looking in position at the postseason picture, uh, who is mentioned as an All-Star as of this date. And again, it's still way too early. A couple of other things I thought were interesting. One, uh, there was a rookie on the list, or an effective rookie. Chet Holmgren was on there. Oklahoma City's off to a tremendous start to the season. Holmgren off to a tremendous start to his career. So uh, I kind of get it. Um, but just, that, you know, that caught my eye. The other thing that caught my eye is just how close statistically LaMelo Ball is to the All-Stars listed. LaMelo in 15 games on the floor. And keep in mind, he... Came out early in one of them, so these numbers effectively were a little bit higher. But he was basically averaging 24 and a half points per game. Uh, also, uh, was way up there on the assist chart for the Eastern Conference. Uh, Lamelo was averaging eight assists per game when he went down to injury. So, amongst Eastern Conference players, he was third in assists. He's top ten in points if you take away number of games played as a factor. That puts him right behind. Damian Lillard and Jalen Brunson, two of the guys who are on the list. Uh, quite frankly, you know Maxie Halliburton—they're all within striking distance. They're all within a point per game of what Lamelo was averaging. We're not wishing injury on anyone, but if someone else sprains an ankle and misses an equivalent amount of time to what Lamelo has, and Lamelo comes back, this could easily flip the other way. The big piece of that, though, is what you mentioned before: team success would likely factor in. And then there's some other guards out there who, you know, maybe they get the nod over a LaMelo. But uh, LaMelo, statistically, is in the right neighborhood. He's within a point of basically the entire guard class, the only one who's really head and shoulders above this group, and it's not by a ton, but you know, he's averaging 28 points per game versus the roughly 25 everyone else's. That's Trey Young, and his team's not performing very well either. Um, the last thing here that I would throw in is the number of games played, the gulf between LaMelo and the people that are considered surefire All-Stars. That's not enormous Either. As of the recording of this podcast, Tyrese Halliburton has played in 21 games. LaMelo has played in 15. So if LaMelo comes back relatively quickly from this point in time, he would probably be within striking distance games wise of qualifying. For an all-star nod, he's got to get his stats up there and maybe most importantly, the team's got to get its record a lot closer to 500 if they're going to have a chance to push LaMelo for his second all-star nod of his career. All right, we'll have some uh, positive thoughts that LaMelo and the rest of the Hornets are on the mend here. Unfortunately, as we talked to you earlier about the injury report list, LaMelo as out as well as several other Hornets. That said, Charlotte does have a win earlier this year over the Toronto Raptors. They'll try and make it two for two against their Eastern Conference rivals. We'll have our game preview for you next here on the Hornets Hivecast.
3: Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
4: This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at angie.com, that's angi.com, or download the app today. <laughs>
1: Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on a game day edition of the HHC. Hornets taking on the Toronto Raptors tonight. Hornets right now are in 13th place in the Eastern Conference. As we talked about after the last game, that blowout loss to Philadelphia, Rob, uh, Charlotte is certainly in that group of teams that is competing for the 10th spot. They haven't lost traction uh, with that group. If this was a horse race, they're in that pack right now. But they're at the end of the pack, and they're in danger of slipping away right now as we record this. They're within three games of that top 10 position, and they've got a three-game cushion above teams like Washington and Detroit, who are clearly the cellar dwellers right now in the Eastern Conference. But if you lose too many more games, uh, Charlotte's going to be closer to that group than the one they want to be, which would be the teams currently in the postseason. Toronto, for what it's worth, 10 and 15. They are tied for a top 10 position, uh, but currently with the tiebreakers on the outside looking in, having just recently lost to the atlanta hawks you get to tip us off rob where would you like to begin player to watch for the hornets stat to watch or a raptor to watch
2: Let's go ahead and begin with a Raptor player to watch. I gotta look at Scotty Barnes. Had a triple-double the last time these two teams met, not that long ago. That in fact was the last win that the Hornets had uh, after they've had this losing streak as of late. But you go back to Friday's got- game against Atlanta that you talked about. Scotty ended up having a team high, 23 points, 9 of 15 from the field. Didn't shoot very well from the free throw line, four of eight. I think we saw that as well in that win just not that long ago for the Hornets. Eight assists as well, a couple blocks, a couple steals, couple rebounds in there as well. He just kind of feels like he has a little bit of a sneakiness to him. Maybe sort of like a Brandon Miller who, you know, might kind of creep up on you there he might score six points in the first quarter and then he might have another five in a second then maybe he goes off for like nine or ten in the third and all of a sudden you're like he's north of 20 how did that happen so he just kind of has that evenness to his game about him and I mean he's just one of those guys that they play through a lot I know Pascal Siakam gets a lot of attention but Scotty Barnes they drafted him in the top five for a reason he was the rookie of the year for a reason not that long ago either so they put a lot of poker chips in on him and betting on him a lot ever since Fred Van Fleet skip town as well so again they got to play through different people now because they don't have as strong a point guard i know they have dennis Schroeder in there and we saw him not that long ago as well when the hornets and raptors tangled a couple of games ago but again scotty barnes i think is just one of those guys that if he gets maybe one or two pieces around him he just makes everybody around him better. He's able to facilitate. He's able to shoot. He's able to attack the rim. And he's just one of those guys that stands out to me. I feel like Pascal Siakam maybe is a little bit of low-hanging fruit, but maybe I digress considering that, you know, Scotty Barnes had a triple-double the last time these two teams played. He's my player to watch tonight for the Raptors.
1: I like the pick, and you, you slid a little over into my domain because I had Pascal Siakam circled as my number two there. Scotty Barnes would have been my number one. He had an outstanding game. I, I, I honestly think the question for Toronto—they've got some good pieces over there. What they seem to be lacking is a number one. Pascal Siakam, after Kawhi Leonard left for LA, kind of slid into that role. They maintain their status as a playoff team, but not necessarily an elite one. He's a very, very good player. Scotty Barnes is someone who, as you mentioned, a former Rookie of the Year, drafted very highly, great. Athlete, his his game is really coming together. There's a question though is he a number one player? and I think that's the question that Toronto has to answer here. Do they go and get that guy and add him to this very strong nucleus, or are they in search of that number one in some other way, shape, or form? But uh, for me, Pascal Siakam is the player to watch. I'm often accused, rightfully so, of recency bias. So after we see a team tear up the Hornets uh, with a a one-in-a-million player, uh, one-in-a-billion, one-in-a-lifetime player like Joel Embiid, I often look for the guy who's most capable of doing something like that. To be clear, no one is capable of doing what Joel Embiid can, but if players on Toronto's roster that I've seen have that kind of performance it's Pascal Siakam he can really dominate a game even in the win the Hornets had over the Raptors Siakam was super efficient 25 points 11 of 15 from the floor three for four from the foul line uh, he, he is an exceptional player he does have his ups and downs that's the reason he's not maybe a number one type of guy for a really high level contending team just yet is that there are peaks and valleys in terms of his production but when he's on he's as good as anyone I thought he was rightfully all-star last year and pascal siakam is going to be my raptor to watch tonight where would you like to go next rob
2: let's just go ahead and flip it to the other side for the hornets hornet player to watch a couple stand out to me i mean there's uh, always a guy that can have a bounce back game especially after a game like saturday so i mean there's a ton of options in that sense but i think i'm going to go with the rookie brandon miller brandon had 14 points that ended up being a team high saturday unfortunately but for a 16 shooting nobody shot the ball well from three he was two of seven got to the free throw line four times made all of his free throws four rebounds four assists fours must have been wild on Saturday for Brandon for whatever reason but I think that if there are going to be the same injuries on the injury report that happened on Saturday and that are questionable so that would be Gordon Hayward if he's not able to go and PJ Washington if he's not able to go either then I think a lot more the offensive pressure falls on Brandon Miller and I know that he's been playing at two spot in starting role for a while now, basically since LaMelo Ball has gone out and Terry shifted more to that one. But again, he's going to have to probably be the secondary scorer behind Terry Rozier if this team wants to win. Would it be great if Brandon Miller becomes the number one scorer in the game tonight and he has a game high, I don't know, 30 points? That would be awesome. I think he is very much capable of that. But with the way the teams are playing Brandon Miller right now, I don't know if that's possible. So I just want to see him go out there take what the defense gives him. I think he's very good at that. I think he's very good at finding his spots out there on the floor and not forcing a lot of things. I know that the shooting percentage doesn't look great from the other night for a 16, but again, nobody shot the ball well, especially for Charlotte. And that defense for Philadelphia was very, very good. And you got a tall lingering guy in there like Joe Embiid. I know Yaka Pearl has a lot of size to protect the paint as well, and Pascal Siakam has a lot of length on him as well. But Again, I just think that Brandon Miller is going to have to be the one to more or less step up. I know a lot of guys are going to have to step up because if the injury report remains the same going into the opening tip tonight, there is a very, very thin margin of error for this team. But Brandon Miller is going to have to be the one, I think, to step up in the game tonight. And that's why he's my player to watch.
1: Yeah, I love the pick. And I think this is a real opportunity here for Brandon Miller early in his career to show what he can do as a primary option. Now, Philadelphia keyed on him early and often they were doubling him throughout the contest they did not want to let him get going he still managed to knock down a couple of threes and have the best stat line for anyone on the Hornets roster I really like the pick and, and look this is an opportunity you know, Victor Wimbanyama Chet Holmgren they are getting a huge amount of usage for both their squads Wimbenyama more than any rookie since I don't know LeBron I mean he, he's way 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 up there there are not going to be a ton of nights where Brandon Miller is that kind of focal point for the offense my hope is that he doesn't have to be tonight here for Charlotte that we have some good news as we get closer and closer to game time but if he is he is absolutely someone that we're going to look to and see what he does with this opportunity and even more elevated role than he's already enjoyed and quite frankly thrived in I'm going to go really off the beaten path here for my player to watch I'm going with Bryce McGowan's so I was digging deep into his stat lines and even though Bryce has been uh, even at times in and out of the rotation he is you know had five games or so where uh, he didn't factor in to the playing groups for Charlotte and has had several more where he was you know a lightly used sub not even a full-time rotation player there have been a handful of games where he's played what I would call you know normal rotation minutes that's 22 or more on the floor and what is interesting to me is is Charlotte actually has a reasonably close to 500 record in those games. They're 2-3. and You would think if if Bryce McGowan is getting elevated into that kind of rotation spot at this point in his career, it's because there have been a lot of injuries, a lot of absences, and so the Hornets are really hurting for players. And that's kind of been true, but the Hornets have performed relatively well with Bryce out there. Outside of the game the other day against Philadelphia, all the contests in which Bryce McGowan has played 22 or more minutes, it has been a two possession game and outside of that Philadelphia one Charlotte is two and two. Couple of stats to watch for Bryce. He needs to shoot it really really well in the two wins he only missed one three in each of those contests. Four for five on the road at Brooklyn. Three for four at home against Washington Uh, he also was able to score at least 13 points from the floor and Venus was in retrograde. All right, just kidding on that last one. But in all seriousness when you look at the box scores Bryce McGowan has fit in very very well with the playing groups and outside of the Philadelphia game which is a total outlier and unimaginable number of injuries when Bryce gets plugged in and plays well and most importantly shoots really really well from three the Hornets have won those games so I'm looking at Bryce McGowan's as my player to watch here for the Hornets last but not least we need a stat to watch
2: well, first off, I'll be honest with you. I almost picked Bryce McCallum as my player to watch, too, because he might have to be that, that third scorer to help everybody else along here tonight, depending on what happens with the injury report, obviously. But with all that said, stat to watch tonight, I think mine's got to be the three-point percentage, three-point shooting, just anything beyond the arc. Let's just go ahead and encompass it that way, because the last time that these two teams met, Charlotte won at 119-116 to 116 at Spectrum Center. Charlotte shot basically lights out for their standards so far in terms of the three point percentage this season they shot 52 percent was the second best time that they the second best percentage they shot this season second time they've shot over 50 percent from beyond the arc and the raptors just simply did not have it that night from three-point land they were six of 32 that is about 18.8 percent so i know that they were in it because of the free throw percentage and at the free throw line they went to the line 21 times but again they did a really good job just having really solid paint presence. I know the Hornets did as well, but they stayed in this game despite poor three-point shooting. Other different ways, if they have an average night, then it could be problematic for the Hornets. And I'm not saying that the Charlotte needs to go out and shoot 52% from three again. It would be great if they did that, but... Obviously a little hard to replicate it, especially with some of the injuries. And, again, a lot of this is all contingent on the injury report this evening and who's in and who is out for Charlotte, which has been basically the entire season at this point. But at any rate, the three-point shooting tonight I think might be the key. It's a great equalizer in the game of basketball. You Some teams live by the three. Some teams just don't do well by the three, and that ends up losing them a lot of ballgames. So three-point percentage for me I think is kind of the key to this one tonight. Again, doesn't have to be anything crazy. Just shoot average and – try to limit Toronto to average or below average. Just don't let them go crazy from beyond the arc, and I think you have a pretty good chance in this one tonight.
1: Solid pick of a stat there. I'm going to go with first quarter scoring. I think the game against Philadelphia certainly got out of hand, clearly could have at any point given the the talent gap with Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP and a completely healthy Philadelphia team versus a beaten, bruised, and battered Hornets roster. But the first quarter really set the tone, took the air, the energy I should say, out of the building, and really made it seem almost impossible for the Hornets to dig their way out complete total 180 in the game against Toronto earlier this season now there wasn't the same level of injury but Charlotte didn't have LaMelo ball you know there was a that's a significant absence for the Hornets and they came out and blew out Toronto in that first quarter they were up 35 to 22 so even when the Raptors made their run Charlotte had all that energy they they had that cushion to take advantage of and I don't know if that's going to happen in this game tonight or not I think it's imperative for the Hornets to get off to a good start and just continue to keep the energy on their sideline. If you get buried by 10, 15 points, given this level of injury, it's really hard to maintain your focus. And these guys are pros, and I think they do an exceptional job of maintaining that focus and that belief that they can overcome any deficit. We've seen it time and again for the Hornets, even with these past two injury-riddled seasons, but it would certainly help the Hornets out a lot to be even or have an advantage at the end of the first quarter. Try and you know hang in there through the minutes and and see some young guys if they can thrive in these opportunities here, and if you can get the game into the fourth quarter in a two-possession or three-possession contest, anything less than ten, and Terry Rozier and Brandon Miller and those types of guys have the ball in their hands, I like the Charlotte Hornets to have a shoot chance to come away with the victory. Either way, we will have you covered tomorrow with a recap edition of the HHC. Rob Longo back in the anchor's chair for that one. He'll sit in with Sam Purley, and we look forward to hopefully it being a winning edition of the Hornets i
2: Would certainly be a lot much better than Saturday's podcast, but at any rate, yeah, we'll have you covered here on the HHC, and we'll talk to you soon from
1: north of the border. We're looking forward to it. Thanks to Rob Longo for joining me today and for putting this podcast together. Most of all, to all of you for tuning in. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We will talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.